back to That's What People Do. Uh, potentially a little later this week, just due to conflicting schedules and what have you. Hopefully still coming out on the Friday, just a little bit later than than normal. I know, people busy in lockdown, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, my How bad, you, guys. My bad. I'm, yeah. I'm good, I'm good. It's my bad. I've had a really busy week at work and I've not been able to get the time to link up and uh, get this recorded so we're recording it today on the friday and hopefully it's coming out now tonight well, yeah if not and also today saturday was morning free, i was fast asleep at two in the afternoon yeah it doesn't help i work nights james is free during most of the day so i sleep throughout the day james sleeps throughout the day too but <laughs> yeah for different reasons yeah just through lazy. boredom through boredom yeah through boredom makes boredom. you tired because the mornings are shit. I'd much rather be awake of a night because I find the night times more peaceful and they go quicker. Whereas if I woke up at like 8am, I would go crazy. I hate it. I I'll can't stand what, mornings. I'll tell you what, the last two days, I've actually been out for a run. Fucking, how are you? I know, I'm felt? pretty much ready to do a marathon. Well, how, 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 how's it, how does it feel good? Do you know what? It, it is good. I mean, so far, I've only managed to do two and a half kilometers. So not quite 5k yet, like everyone's fucking doing. Also, can I just point out, every fucker I know has been nominated to do a 5k run, and they've just done it out of nowhere. They've just gone, yeah, oh, I've done a 5k run. I'm nominating five other fuckers. And I'm like, and you like, definitely haven't done a 5k minutes. run ever in your life before. Don't tell me you've just run 5k, because I tried to run 5k with my girlfriend, and I couldn't keep up. Yeah, I, I tried to do a 5k. I did, I think I did a mile and then I started tasting blood and decided that was that. That's what that taste is. I, I said the other day, I was like, I can taste metal. Turns out it's blood. Yeah. It's not it's not actually blood though. It's when like you're running and stuff, your saliva glands work overtime and it's just a metallic taste, but it's not actually blood. Oh, I always knew running was bad for you, but no, I've been running the last couple of days. I'm feeling good. You know, I'm trying to have a bit more of a positive outlook while the whole world is bleak. I'm getting really bored of people just getting miserable like i get it yeah. it's a shit time but ugh, come on man i'm relatively at peace to be honest with you like i'm just doing my normal day except just missing out the work part in the middle yeah yeah i'm just sleep sleeping that part of the day away and then just i don't know i'm actually being quite sociable i'm chatting to people quite a lot it's quite nice i find that some people have noticed that they are being more sociable when they're not being sociable they're talking to more and more yeah. people God bless Zoom. God bless Zoom. Well, to keep on that positive, making everyone feel a bit better uh, vibe, we've got a cool episode, haven't we? We do. It's a very interesting man. I, I actually learned about him. Um, I don't know if you're watching Britain's Got Talent this year. Um, no. But there was a magician that came on and he said he was inspired by a man called Henry Brown. And I was like, oh, he sounds interesting. Let's uh, have a little look at him. Mm -hmm. And he is a very interesting man. He's more famously known as Henry Box Brown. Uh, he, To summarise the entire episode, he was born a slave and then posted himself to freedom in a box and then became a magician. That was the bit last week when we briefly went over what today's episode would be about. And you mentioned posted himself to freedom and I was just baffled. And I was like, right, I need to hear this story now. Yeah, the man posts himself freedom. Now, it is relatively short. Uh, last few episodes have been about an hour 20. I don't think it will reach that, but it's still an interesting story nonetheless. Well, I just want to know how he managed to Amazon Prime himself. Yeah, literally. Fucking first day delivery. <laughs> so, Henry Box Brown 
was born enslaved in Louisa County, Virginia, in 1815 or 1816. Different um, sources cite different things. It's kind of unknown because obviously records weren't really kept of people that were born into slavery. Yeah. Yeah, we learned that with Harriet Tubman. Yes. Yeah. It's a... Uh, oh, the Underground Railroad comes into this as well, so... See? I like how... Yeah. I, I love it when our podcast episodes link together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so unlike many slaves who knew their parents, uh, didn't know their parents or their siblings, um, Henry Brown was actually, dare I say, lucky. He was born into slavery, so very unlucky, but he was lucky with how he was treated. Mm. Um, he was lived with his parents and his four sisters and three brothers, so big family. Mm. Uh, they all belonged to the same slave master who was the former mayor of Richmond. Oh, okay. And, yeah. So, uh... Then that unfortunate slave owner died in 1830, so Henry would have been about 15 at this age. Uh, he was separated from his family and sent to Richmond to work in a tobacco factory of the mayor's son, William Barrett, who like kind of inherited him. I didn't know you can inherit slaves, but apparently you can inherit slaves. I suppose because technically at that point they were seen as property. So it'd be yeah. like, it would be like you know inheriting furniture, I suppose. Not that, of course, they are in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Like, but like furniture you leave them in your will. Yes, but um, yeah. yeah, they were seen as property as at the time. Yeah, which is awful. A whole world of fucks. Up. We just point out as well, like he was born into slavery in eighteen fifteen. That's like yeah, one hundred and five years ago. Yeah, like I, I can visualize that eighteen fifteen as not being that long ago. It doesn't seem that long ago, does it? But it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, and yet. That was still a thing, even at 1815. Just think, like, 1815, what, it's 100 years away from the First World War and there were slaves. Yeah, and America was still relatively new. Of course, yeah, because America's, what, 1770-something? Yeah, still very new. Oh, the Eng American Civil War hasn't happened yet at that point when he's born, is it? I honestly, I couldn't, couldn't tell you when that I was. the American Civil War was in, like, the late 1800s. Was it? God damn. Yeah. Interesting. I always thought it was earlier than that. Knowledge is power. Maybe we'll do an episode on George Washington or something. Was it? What was his famous quote? Um, That's put you right on the spot, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. My American history is the American awful. Civil War happened in 1861. Did it? Like 80 years I've before always, the First World War. I've always thought, what? That's so mad. That's that's mad to me. I always thought it was like 1700s. So think, right? When the Americans joined the First World War and went over to Europe, they would have had like grandparents who fought against each other. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah, because the the French helped the Americans in the No, that was the War of Independence. That maybe that's where I'm getting mixed up. Definitely is. I'm mixing up the War of Independence and the Civil War. Mm. Yeah, I get you because George Washington wasn't the Civil War. That was Abe Lincoln who abolished slavery. It makes sense now. It all makes sense. <laughs> it's all coming together now, like Lego. America has too many damn wars. Yeah, for such a short period of history. Yeah. It's literally just like the angry little brother that just got fucking born and just wants to fight everyone. Yeah, it's, that, it's the one that's listening to, like, Green Day on his CD player. Portman, portable CD yeah. player. Walkman. <laughs> yeah, fucking Walkmans. Fucking hell. Very aggressive. Anyway, back to Henry Brown. So uh, his brothers and sisters were sent off to various uh, plantations 
except for one, who, according to Brown, was sent uh, was kept by William Barrett as like his mistress, uh, oh. which was referred to as a keep miss. No, I don't like that. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's bad it? enough that your siblings are all sold off, but then to make have one of them become like their mistress is awful. Yeah. So in about 1836, uh, Henry married a woman called Nancy, who was a slave, but she was owned by a different slave master. And together they had three children. Mm-hmm. They were part of a big African Baptist church, which I'm sure was a, a big community thing yep. in like the uh, in like the towns. Uh, and he sang in a church's choir. Uh, and he became very skilled at his job as a tobacco worker. And he actually earned enough that he could rent his own house. Which I don't know if that was common. I don't. I assume it wasn't common among slaves that he could rent his own house. I don't understand it because, oh, I don't know, man. You, because I assume the slave owner is paying him, the slave, right? Mm. And then he's saying, "You're so good at this. I'm going to let you rent your fucking free accommodation off of me." I think his slave owner wasn't like the fucking. Uh, what is it? The like the ones out of Django and Chain. That he wasn't. He he was a bastard, obviously, because he had slaves. But he was a kind of nice man for the time. Okay. So he was. He was kind of like Henry was kind of a worker that came under the umbrella of being owned. Uh, okay. 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 So his pregnant wife uh, and three children were unfortunately owned by another slave master. And in 1848, this slave master sold Henry's wife and children to another plantation in North Carolina. And obviously, because Henry was owned by somebody different, he could not go with them and had to stay in Richmond. That's awful. So he generally had quite a good relationship with his slave master who, like, treated him well, paid him a reasonable wage for a slave at the time. Um, But Henry pleaded with him to buy his wife and kids and he refused because he didn't want to meddle in another buyer's business. Yeah. I'm assuming there was a lot of that. Yeah. So he just wanted to keep himself to himself. Yeah, don't mess with so, another man's buy. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure it could have got very vicious. Especially people that are own slaves. I imagine they're bastards anyway. So. Mm. so Henry and his family were separated. And also, another... I'm just going to put this on there. His wife was also pregnant at the time oh, with sake. a fourth child. Fucking hell, man. This, this world is truly awful. It's like we talked about that with Harriet Tubman um, when her, or most of her siblings when she was young were all sold off and the mother was just like, if you come near my son, I will fucking break your neck. Like, Yeah. That's awful, man, that that happens. What a true, truly awful stain on humanity. Yeah, shocking. Slavery still happens today as well. Mostly with like Eastern Europeans, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, was it like Eastern European brides and stuff like that it happens? Human trafficking. Yeah, really bad. <clears throat> yeah, it's big, big industry. It's horrible. So Henry vowed to escape slavery. He thought, "Fuck this, I've had enough." So he met someone called James Caesar Anthony Smith, cool name, mm. a free black man, and who was also part of the same church choir that Henry was part of. And he got in contact with a man called Samuel Alexander Smith, who was a white man. Uh, And he agreed a price to help uh, Henry escape. And it's quite ironic that Sam Smith himself was a slave owner. Oh, really? So he was helping someone else's slave escape, despite having slaves of his own. I find that bizarre. Yeah, because he was being offered money. So he was like, oh, fuck it, I can make money here and keep my slaves. Oh, money, money. Oh, so really... It's one of those 
grey area people we have. It's like they're a bad person, but they're doing some good, but it's also to benefit themselves. Yeah, he, he, I think he was purely in it for himself. Yeah, he's in it for his own money. And also, can we just talk about John Caesar Anthony Smith? Yeah. What a fucking name. That's a really I'm gonna cool put name. John, John Smith has got to be... Oh, no, James uh, Caesar like a, Anthony Smith. Ah, oh, James Smith. Yeah. I don't know James, that James Smith then, but Caesar and Anthony, that's definitely from Roman Oh, history, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anthony and Cleopatra, Julius like, Caesar. Like, there are some fucking awesome names because obviously for like a lot of um, uh, slaves, when they like got their own freedom, they decided to change their own names and they they come up with some really fucking awesome names. They were like, I'll choose Caesar because Caesar was a Roman emperor and that's awesome. And yeah, man, they got... If you got to choose your own name again, would you would you go with James or would you go with someone that's like completely fucking random? Oh, it's difficult to say off the top of my head. I think I would can very much consider changing it because my name's quite bland. James is just quite a bland name, isn't it? It was a disciple, wasn't it? James was a disciple. Yeah, it's yeah, a biblical was. name. I I think I think it's fair to say uh, from my own experience with role playing games on like PlayStation and whatnot. I'm actually awful at choosing names, so I think I'd just stick with my own because I can spend a good hour sat at the name menu yeah. when it's like choose the name of your character, and I'm like I have no fucking idea. What I'd I'm usually go think for some. I have no imagination apparently when it comes to names. I'd like Optimus Prime or something. Yeah, imagine that. Hello, this is my friend Optimus Prime. <laughs> That'd be. I'd consider that. I wonder if you could do. I that. Like, find that what interesting when like you? people. Well, I'm not sure. Does Elon Musk, apparently Elon Musk is not allowed to name his child uh, X-A12 or whatever yeah. it's supposed to be Good, that's uh, fucking in ridiculous. California. They're like, you can't name your child like that in, in California. It's not allowed. Yeah, and in Germany, you're not allowed to call a child Adolf for obvious reason. And apparently you're not allowed to name a pig Napoleon in France. Really? A pig? Apparently that's a thing. A pig. Yeah, you're not allowed to name a pig Napoleon. That's weird. That's why, That's quite specific. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know why. I don't even know if it's true. It might be a myth. If it's a myth, let us know. Um, but yeah, and, and you get a lot of people naming their child Daenerys from Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's fucking dumb, man, because Game of Thrones won't matter soon. I mean, it doesn't matter now, but it won't matter even more soon. That was one of my favourite memes that came from the Game of Thrones region when Season 8 happened, when Daenerys, spoilers, when Daenerys just burned down the whole of King's Landing yeah, and became, became an absolute fucking, fucking badass villain. She was and everyone's awful. like. Oh, I named my child Daenerys because she was quite <laughs> inspirational in season one to three. And now she's killing everybody. And now she's mass murdering. People change. People change. Don't name them after that person. Unless they've died and there's nothing else. Yeah. Just watch everything first. Be sure that they're a nice person. But at the same time, you know, there, there would have been people that named their son, you know, Jimmy. And they were like, oh, but he was such a lovely TV presenter. He was good with the kids. And then later on, they were like, mm. Oh, dear. At least Jimmy, can, mm. you can be like, oh, it's just a name. Yeah, yeah. Daenerys is quite specific. <laughs> anyway, back to Henry. So these three gentlemen sat down and they brainstormed ideas and like threw things in the bin. Like, how do you get a man to slavery? Before Henry had the inspiration that he wanted to be put in a box and sent by post. Which, like fully, fully like Tyrion Lannister escaping King's Landing with Varys. Yeah, except he was a full-grown, like, not dwarf man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How so, did it work then? So Sam Smith, uh, he contacted a man called James Miller McKim, 
who was a Philadelphia leader of the Pennsylvania Anti-Slavery Society. Oh, okay. Who was involved in the Underground Railroad activities. Excellent. Which, obviously, we found out about in the Harriet Tubman episode. Oh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Where is Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania is where... That's quite up north, isn't it? Um, so that would have been a free state. They're the border towns, yeah. So Pennsylvania was the free state, and Virginia, just below that, is the slave state. Yeah, and, and so you wanted to cross the, the border. The that's right, yeah. Everyone wanted to get to Pennsylvania. Once you got to Pennsylvania, you were safe. Yeah, until we found out that they were like hiring people to go and bring them back, weren't they? Yeah, that's right. Um, it was, I think, in that Tubman episode, people were escaping up to Pennsylvania because once you crossed the border, you were safe. Um, and then in, yeah, yeah, that's right. In Pennsylvania, you were safe. And then what happened was people were like, well, all the slaves keep escaping to Pennsylvania. We need to sort that out. They're our slaves. So Pennsylvania was like, right. Okay. Uh, if you're an actual bona fide free, uh, free slave, you can stay here. But if you've escaped here, you have to go back. So, and then it became like, well, it's no longer safe to stay in Pennsylvania. So we're going to have to move further on. Yeah. And Pennsylvania is where the office is set. Yeah, Scranton. So Pennsylvania is a great place Scranton, in history. PA. Yeah, love it. So on March 23rd, 1849, the Smith sealed Brown into a wooden box that was three feet long, two and one half feet what? deep, and two foot wide. What's that, man? So it's a small box. Small? You, like, you'd have to like, crumple yourself into you that. You need to be a contortionist to get in that box. Yeah. Yeah. He he was he was crumpled for quite some time, and upon a, a boat trip from uh, Richmond to Washington, he was turned upside down. Oh, the box no. was turned upside down, and he was on his head for several hours, and he very nearly died. I'm surprised. Have you hung upside down for a little while? Your head goes red. It's about to explode. Yeah, it's horrible. Can't do it for fucking a minute, let alone several he hours. Upside down on his head in a box that was not even big enough for him to yeah. lay in. And not to mention, like, how the fuck's he breathing? Air would be short. Your lungs would be crushed. You've got to have holes in that that in that box. I'm assuming there would be some sort of air gap or something. There has to be. Like, you can't even leave a dog in a car for, like, 20 minutes without cracking a window. Yeah, exactly. But they don't have, like, sweat glands and stuff, do they? They can't regulate their body yeah, heat. Yeah, they, they sweat through their tongue. And their feet. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. So the next time a dog licks your face... They're wiping their sweat. I caught my dog eating cat poo the other day. Lovely. And I'm like, come here, Sky, give us a kiss. (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's vile. Fucking dogs are disgusting, but so great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talked last week about Diogenes. Dogs are the purest thing on earth, but they do also eat poo and sick. Yeah, (sighs) but someone's got to clean it up. (laughs) Now, nature's dustbin. On during other transfers, the box was roughly handled. Obviously, they're not going to transfer it. It didn't have fragile written on it. And even if it did, people... Not only did it not have fragile on it, uh, it didn't have keep this way up. Which is something you desperately yeah, kind of exactly. want it to be if there's a person in it. No one thought to put a keep this way up sign on it. All it had written on it was dry goods. Dry goods. <laughs> dry goods. They were just, they were just, uh, talk- they were just talking about, about his sense of humour. Yeah. <laughs> Henry wrote about his experience and said, I felt my eyes swelling as if they would burst from their sockets and the veins of my temples were dreadfully distended with pressure of blood upon my head. Oh, way. Yeah. 
That's oh, I couldn't imagine. That's so fucked up. His eyes would have gone all bloodshot and horrible. Yeah, man, he'd look like that dude in the Guinness Book of Records who could pop his eyes out. Yeah. So the oh yeah, actually yeah, fuck, that's horrible. Vile. I'm sure he died. <laughs> he died. What? Yeah, I saw like a lab Bible post. That man died. I need to find it's out. The, I look uh, up. There's multiple people that we can like that do it, but I'm sure the one famous one that we're both thinking of, he died. What? Yeah. So the parcel finally reached Philadelphia early on March 24th. McKim took mm. the delivery at the office of uh, Pennsylvania Anti-Slavery Society. The box was opened, and after 26 hours in the box, Brown emerged alive and free. 26 hours. Yeah, in a fucking box, upside down, being shoved about. Yeah. 26 hours. Yeah, in and a box. One of the reasons that just... um, he would have been on his head longer, but apparently Brown heard someone saying that he needed somewhere to sit, so they got his box and turned it on its side and sat on it. He got so lucky, he could have died. He literally yeah. could have died there. Yeah, that's so fucked up. But yeah, he's free. He posted himself to freedom. I find that fascinating. Yeah, I, I love escape stories. There's so many from like um World War Two as well. Obviously, The Great Escape being famous, and there was that uh, the obviously I'm um, Vitol Pilecki that we did. Oh, that's an awesome story. Yeah, I, I love escape stories. Really fucking cool. Really cool. So he's free. So what do you do as a free man that you know that your um family is still captured and there's still a big ongoing problem of slavery in the southern states? You go and get so- the biggest wagamamas you can find. I don't think you're very good in a crisis, are you? <laughs> no, no. Everyone's queuing up for like McDonald's and KFC. I'll be queuing up for Wagamama's. Wagamama's is good though. That's the best. Yeah, but never order it. If you order it, it's horrible. Like online delivery. But yeah, if you get it in I love that. It's really nice. Yeah, I, I ordered a Katsu Curry myself. and I tried uh, squid rings as well. It was fucking... Oh, they were so soggy. Yeah. But they don't have Wagamama's back in the 1800s. No, they didn't. So what did he do, James? So at the end of May, he appeared before the New England Anti-Slavery Convention in Boston, where his escape was celebrated. And he was given his famous name, Henry Box Brown. The box coming from the facts he was in a box. I see now. I get it. I get it. Smart, clever, Box Brown. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that summer, he appeared at like anti-slavery gatherings. He he became a the word a, I was really struggle to say this ab- abolish fuck abolished. I, I can't say it. where you want to abolish something and abol. I, I can't say it. It's like Massachusetts. That's the one. It's like Massachusetts. I can't say certain words. Yeah, I remember when we had like a, quite a few back-to-back episodes with people from Massachusetts, and you were like, I hate this. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like there's abolishment, and then if you if you want to abolish something, you're an abolitionist. Or abolitionist. Something. Abolitionist. Thank you. I'm glad someone's got a brain cell. <laughs> abolitionist. That's the one I was trying to say. It's so wrong. Yes, that is what he was. Uh, he would go around singing, campaigning for the end of slavery, uh, and he won a lot of people over by his story, um, of escaping in a box and his song because obviously he was in the choir, so he's a very talented singer. Mm. Uh, in September 1849, the narrative of Henry Brox Brown was published. It was a book about his escape. And then they toured New England, selling the book and like delivering anti-slavery lectures and things like that. Yeah. 
remember Samuel Smith, the white man who had slaves and yep. helped him? He attempted to do it again. He attempted right. to free some slaves from Richmond to Philadelphia, but he was dis- uh, discovered and he was arrested. And he was sentenced to six and a half years in the state penitentiary. We're trying to help people be Escape. free. Yeah, despite having slaves of his own, but whatevs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did 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 he find his wife? We're we're gonna we'll get there. Oh, all right, spoilers. No. Okay. Yeah, we'll get Jumping there. Ahead. We'll get there. Uh, we are. There's there's other things in the way first. So in 1849, he engaged the Boston artist Josiah Walcott, and they began to um, create a, like a moving panorama about slavery. So they were trying to make people aware of the horrors of slavery and mm. things like that through art, which like okay. as a trained actor, like I, I get, I understand that that's a powerful medium of spreading your message. It's something Dickens as opposed to just done. literally, as opposed to just standing there and like spouting off shit, mm. create songs, create performances, do this and that. And people are more inclined to go along with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- Perfect. Yes, like I said, it's exactly what Dickens was all about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when we covered Dickens over Christmas all that time Mm. ago. Mm. On uh, April 11th, 1850, the moving panorama Henry Box Brown's Mirror of Slavery opened in Boston. And then they exhibited it in New England throughout the summer. Uh, During this time, uh, he was assaulted on a street in Rhode Island because obviously there was a lot of racism around in the time uh and he believed himself that he was gonna he was at risk and he was gonna be caught and sent back he thought that obviously the people that we talked about in harriet tubman he thought that those people were after him and would send him back to richmond yeah slave catchers yeah yeah especially because he's becoming famous yeah he's becoming very well known so quite a high profile man so he decided that he would sail to england in oh, really? October 1850, yeah, he decided to come to England, which I don't have the facts on this, but England abolished slavery a lot sooner than America. Yes, um, I think it was like the late 1700s. Yeah, we don't get me wrong, still a very racist country, still is today, but yeah. there was no like slavery. 1833, we abolished okay, so, yeah. slavery. So, f- so slavery uh, was abolished. Yeah, so he was like, what, 17 when the UK abolished slavery? So it had been for like, for the most part, like a good sort of 10, 15 years for him. Um, Yeah. So he could come over here and be free. Obviously, he'd still be persecuted for being a black man. Yeah. And unfortunately, that is a problem that the world still encounters today. But he wouldn't be captured, which is the main thing. Yeah. He's not going to get sent back anytime. No. So in Liverpool, from November twelfth to December fifth, he I showed went to his. Liverpool. Went to Liverpool. Um, I think that was the main dock, wasn't it? Which is why, like, Irish and American accents and stuff, kind of like derive from Scouse. Yeah. And why the Scouse accent's so fucking weird? Because everyone like kind of moved there. To set sail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. So yeah, he he performed there for a little while. Then he toured Lancashire and Yorkshire. Stayed up north. And he then published the narrative of the life of Henry Box Brown, which you can buy. You can buy that book. Oh, can you? Which might be a little interesting little read, a 
if you're interested in this man, because obviously we're just kind of scratching the surface. I'm sure his own accounts would be a lot better than what I'm doing. So in June 1851, him and his partners, uh, Smith, his partnership ended after a dispute about money. It's always money, isn't it? Always money. Um, Smith complained that Brown had made no effort to purchase his own family. Really? Yeah. So, so you asked about his wife. They never saw each other again. Oh, man. Yeah. However, he did take another lover. So Brown remarried and started a family with an English woman, Jane Floyd. Uh, this was his second wife, obviously, because Nancy was still in America, unfortunately, yeah. probably living life as a slave. Yeah. But yeah, he never um, saw... Her again, unfortunately. Uh, that's sad, man. It's, it's sad that families were broken up like that so often. Yeah, we saw it with um, Harriet Tubman. Again, Harriet Tubman, like, they just don't care. It's all about money and figures and stuff. Like, Harriet Tubman's husband, when Harriet left, thought, well, I'm never seeing her again, which I'm sure was a common mindset because when, once you lose someone in those times, the chances of finding them are very slim. Well, it, it it's becoming sort of um, when extraordinary becomes the ordinary. Yeah. Like, when you're used to seeing, like, family members and, like, you know, other families just, you know, in in, in, in droves just disappear. Like, four or five members of a family, they're just, they're just gone now. They're like, oh, what happened? Oh, they got sold. Oh, okay. Like, when that becomes the normal, then, like, you stop caring, I suppose. And maybe for, like, with Harriet Tubman's husband, he was like, well, it happens. So I'll just move on. I'm never going to see her again. And like with Henry, yeah, it was like, well, yeah, happens. You know, probably not going to see her again now. I'm, I'm in, I'm in England. I'm not really going to go back to the Americas any any time soon. So, might as well move on. Yeah, sad, isn't it? I think your dog heavily agrees as well. Oh God, yeah, they they always find the perfect <laughs> time to bark, and it's when I record. Bless them. So, out of kind of necessity. And choice. He moved from the. Oh, can you say that word again? Abol- the ab- abolitionist. Abolitionist. I did it by myself. I did it by myself. <laughs> abolitionist circuit entirely into show business. So he exhibited different works through England during the um, 1850s. He developed the character of an African prince as another persona. Cool. Uh, he won law cases against newspapers that printed racial slurs against him. Oh, good on him. Yeah, he he became quite a quite a big entertainer, and he began to perform as a mesmerist, entertaining audiences with actions of persons under his hypnotic influence. So kind of like the OG Darren Brown. I was gonna, I was gonna say it's just like Darren Brown. Yeah, because I always wondered that. Like I've seen Darren Brown, but I don't remember him doing it. But I always thought Darren Brown must like do like a hypnotist thing at the beginning of the show because you know when he like picks audience members out and he's just like and sleep and they just do it i'm like oh, that wouldn't happen to me yeah i really i really want to like have it happen yeah i'd love like, to be to hypnotized one day I-, I watched an interview with him once and he was like he knows straight away upon meeting someone if they're susceptible to it that's that's what it is isn't it they do say you are either susceptible to it or you're not so if you're gonna work or it won't yeah I don't know. I think I'd go up there with a fucking come on then, actually. Yeah. It probably might not work. <laughs> and then, like, it does work and he makes you run around like a chicken. Yeah. 
Darren Brown's a crazy man. I'm very, I love his, love his stuff. He'd be like, anyway. he'd be like James, when you wake up, you're going to become Birmingham City Football Club's biggest fan. Oh, Christ. Can you imagine? <laughs> Never show my face ever again. <laughs> So as late as 1864, when billing himself in Wales as the king of all mesmerizers, which fucking why not? Excellent advertising. Yeah, and he still occasionally showed the mirror of slavery, so he didn't completely forget it. He would still, like, show it. He's got that in his back catalogue. So in eight, yeah, exactly, his hard hitting shit. Mm. So in 1875, accompanied by his wife and his daughters, uh, Annie. He returned, daughter Annie, he returned to the United States, billing himself as Professor H. Box Brown, and he continued to perform as a magician. Mm. He carried on the personas of the African prince, and he still had his original box with him, and he'd use it uh, in his set, really? where he'd like, climb into it and things. Yeah. So he kept his box. Wow. That is a fucking memento. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like This is the box that got me to slavery, uh, got me out of slavery. Wow. I wonder if that's still around now. Um, It might be in a museum somewhere. Yeah, because, I mean, who's gonna, who's really going to break that box up? Yeah, that's a fucking famous box now. Mm. So, uh, research shows that he was living in Toronto, when he unfortunately died in on June fifteenth, eighteen ninety seven. Oh right! Do you know what he didn't last, live very long, did he? Well, yes and no. Eighteen fifteen sixteen to eighteen ninety seven. So though, quick maths. Um, eighty. Oh okay, okay. No. Yeah, yeah, around sort of that seventy to eighty mark. He was aged eighty, eighty one or eighty two. Okay, okay, all right, fair enough, good innings, that's good innings. Yeah, even nowadays, if someone gets past 80, you're like, fair. Yeah, fair enough. Especially as a, as a man who spent a large portion of his life in slavery. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe being in that box just took a couple of years off. Yeah, I can't imagine it did this posture to the world again. I can't believe he toured America with his box. I know, yeah, what a massive fucking, like, fuck you to the uh, slave drivers, that yeah, is. That's a huge flex. Like, look at me, I escaped in a fucking box, and here's the box. <laughs> yeah. I FedExed myself out of the old hold, bastards. I used capitalism to save myself from slavery. Yeah, yeah, he literally did. <laughs> Use their own weapon against them. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> I used your friend. So, um, so I'd, I'd never heard of this man before, but uh, he was quite famous after I started researching him, and more than a century later... Um, he's still very famous. He's been featured in films, plays, and opera. Uh, he's an exhibit at a wax museum. Ooh, is it a good one or a bad one? Yeah, oh, I can't, can't tell you which. It just says at a wax museum. So, it, I don't know. It might be Two Swords or it might be some Phyllis in the fucking living room. I don't know. The House of Wax in northeast England. Yeah. Which is, a, a, but yeah, collectively, what? I think they said the worst wax exhibit in the world. It's I hate wax figures. Like um, where I work, we have the uh, the rejected ones from Two Swords. Oh, uh, really? Because obviously they they don't need to be like lifelike to celebrities, and it's a historical venue. So there's one guy like climbing a catapult thing, and it's a young Rod Stewart that got fucked up. <laughs> He's got all the hodgepodge pieces. 
literally all the ones that people they looked at and went mm, doesn't really look like or, or like you know they they end up melting one piece by accident like, oh that's that's bad yeah yeah we've got all the ones that two swords rejected i don't like so, i yeah. don't like mannequins myself i don't like them i don't trust them no they're weird because you always feel like they're watching yeah. you and they're gonna move yeah i don't like them one of the worst ones like as i say i we we definitely said it before me and james used to work at london dungeon together there are some there are some mannequins around london dungeon that are very lifelike some of them and i cannot stand them i used to hate it there's a lot of dark alleyways there's a lot of dark corners and it is very dark very loud in this attraction and the amount of times you'd have to be walking around it on your own man gives me the creeps one of the the, the two ones no actually i got three the three ones i hated the most at that whole attraction were in the right order as well uh the screaming man in conspirators corridor before you get to master bait show oh i didn't mind him i couldn't do it could not do it i would go through the void i'd go through the back door just to get behind it i would not go past it because if it screamed at me i would jump out of the skin <laughs> the second one i hated the most uh was the plague doctor just before you when you got over the bridge yeah and plague, street. plague street i wasn't a fan of plague and street. he went um yeah. death walks these streets that one could not stand it i always felt because especially because it didn't have a face yeah i was like right i don't like it walking it through plague street like alone was not my favorite place to be plague street was eerie and the third one was jack the ripper yeah. over in the corner of Martin square yeah i mean the fucking Freaked the fuck out um, of me every time the dead body on the floor is a bit weird as well oh yeah yeah well, fucking it was that elizabeth stride yeah no, can't be doing because she's it, got mate. all the don't fucking like correct anatomy and everything she's got the correct anatomy yes don't like mannequins keep them away from me not interested i'll tell you what we we did um years ago when i was younger we went to the secret nuclear bunker in kelverden in essex which obviously is not so much secret anymore but it it is a legitimate nuclear bunker from the cold war um and you get to go in it and it's like six floors underground and everything there are mannequins like fuck everywhere in that place to try and give you a sense of you know what it was like to live in this place and work in this place but when we went there, we were the only four people in the whole of that bunker. And it was quiet, it was dark, and it was eerie as shit. And I hated it. Absolutely hated it. And I think maybe that's where my fear of mannequins maybe comes from. Yeah, they're, they're not fun. Uh-uh. No, don't need them. Yeah, don't need them. not a fan. So yeah, Henry Brown, that was his life and legacy. A man who posted himself to freedom from slavery and became a performer. I love that. I love that story. He was destined to become a performer. Yeah. An artiste of sorts. I'd like to give a thank you to Encyclopedia Virginia. They gave me a lot of information on him. Usually are. I'm going to start crediting my sources. They were very helpful. Mm, I like that. Encyclopedia Virginia. Yeah. Check it out, everyone. They've got a timeline um, of his life as well, like dates and everything. It was very useful. Oh, I love that. That's so helpful. There is one about Nikola Tesla as well. We did our Tesla episode way back when. Uh, when this podcast was still in its infancy, um, yes, there was a. Te- I, I found a Tesla timeline, which is so helpful. Yeah, not the car Tesla, Nikola Tesla. I found one on Tolkien as well, which you know, I it was really pissed me off that I did Tolkien so early because like I I could have done it so much better. Now I don't know why, but I've suddenly become really like more interested in him and his work, and like I've just found out so much more cool shit. Well, we can always come back to it and add a bit on. Yeah. Potentially, I'm just I'm just big into Lord of the Rings and Tolkien at the minute. I watched the um Tolkien film, which was like obviously embellished, but it was a very touching film. Mm, fucking cool man, cool man. So was Henry Brown, cool man. I love fucking cool people that do cool things. 
yeah, like FedEx yourself, Amazon Prime yourself, Royal Mail, Parcel Force, American uh, Postal, whatever it is, yourself to freedom. Yeah. Excellent. Good on him. Good on him. To go from someone decent to someone nasty, potentially, I don't even know what he's like as a person. Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon, is about to become a trillionaire. Yeah, it's, well, I don't know, it depends on your politics, how you feel about that, really, doesn't it? Hmm. Like, if I had, it's really difficult, because I want him to share the wealth, and I want everyone to, like, be healthy and happy, etc., cure climate change. But also, if I had a trillion, I know that I'd go on a massive fucking spending spree and just buy unnecessary shit. I'd buy the world. Yeah, you he, he could buy the world. I'd buy several islands. I would have a house fucking everywhere. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but I would like reorganize. I would reorganize into the first galactic empire. But Jeff Bezos is the fucking like the the golden boy of capitalism. Started Amazon in his garage and now he's going to become a trillionaire. Yeah. But yeah. fuck it, Amazon's a fucking great like obviously there's problems with their workers, there's problems with how much they get paid and like workers' rights, etc. But you can't deny Amazon is a fucking great tool to use. Like I use it almost daily. That's the problem, that's why Amazon will continue to rise, 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 is because it is so fucking handy. Yeah, like my Amazon Prime is without something... a doubt the best thing I have. Exactly. He's ma- he's created something that is almost uh, an essential for everyday life. Yeah. When it's because not, if you, if you need anything, you go on Amazon. Literally, I'm about to buy a Nintendo Switch Lite, and my first pro, pro uh, point of call was Amazon. Yeah, I'm sure Amazon's put a lot of other people out of business, and Amazon Prime Video has got some great stuff on there. They've got their own music service now. They're yeah, like getting into sport. Bits. They're doing fucking. They're doing bits. Yeah. Um. But yeah, having a trillion's a bit much. But yeah, so from one invention of America, slavery, to another, capitalism. No, it wasn't. Capitalism built America. America didn't invent it. Um, but yeah, that was episode on Drum Around. Loved it. Do we know who is for next week? Do you know what? We don't. We don't. Ooh. I I have, I, I'll be honest with you, I have a couple of names, but I'm yet to decide which one I want to do. Okay. Um, so we'll let that be a surprise and we'll find out next week looking forward to it looking forward to it well, that, can you give us like hints of who they were maybe drop us a clue of the couple of names are they good or bad uh, mm, they're bad okay uh, the bad episodes bad always do better they do we've, we've noticed when we've we looked over our numbers last week after the end of recording and we've noticed yeah our bad guys generally tend to do a lot better than the good guys and I don't know whether it's because our listeners are nice people who just, you know, you know, want to try and avoid all the bad stuff. So if I listen to the bad stuff, I might learn who the bad people are in the world. Or they're just bad people who like listening to bad people. Yeah, getting ideas. Don't get ideas. Get, Don't ideas, get ideas from Stop listening good people. Getting ideas. We talk about some pretty bad people like Joseph Mengele. Like, yeah, don't get don't ideas. Do Don't, Don't do, do that. Do I'm not sure how you'd have the fucking resources to be able to do that. But if you do, don't do it. But I like that you like our bad guys, because I like the bad guys too, but we like to be balanced. We are talking about the human condition at the end of the day. There are good people, there are bad people, and as I'm starting to go into, quite a lot of grey people. So, 
Actually, yeah, we are going into grey people, aren't we? We are going into grey areas, and I like that. So, um, I tell you what. All right, all right. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a decision right here, right now, whilst we're recording for you guys listening at home right now, so you know what's happening next week. I'm gonna talk about King Herod. Interesting, because obviously we've all been in the nativity. We've all been in the nativity. We all we've know all that he wanted him. Jesus dead. I'm gonna talk about King Herod now. Uh, uh, right. Okay, Are that's you talking it. about I... the IRL King Herod, though? Like, the true facts? I will talk about both. I, I will okay. give us the real guy, because that's what we're here. We're not here to talk about fake people and the people that maybe didn't exist. We're here to talk about the real people that were around. So we'll talk about King Herod. Maybe we'll go into a bit of Bible stuff. I don't know. I'll let you know. You'll know next week when we record it. Can't wait to piss off a whole religion. Yeah, that's episode. why I was sort of hesitating whether to actually do it or not. But now I feel like on the point, on the spot, I'm gonna do it. Fuck it, why not? Yeah, looking forward right. to that. King Herod next week. Um, enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for listening, everyone. Um, make sure you hit us up on all the social media: Instagram, that's what people do. Podcast, uh, Facebook at that's WPD. Twitter is the same at that's WPD. Or if you have any ideas or suggestions for someone you'd like us to talk about, or if you have any sort of nice things you'd like to say to us, um, message us via email at that's what people do podcast at gmail.com. Also, now a little extra bit I have to now add on as well. Uh, please do rate, review us on all of your podcast um, apps that you use. I feel like Boris Johnson trying to talk about coronavirus here. Uh, rate and review <laughs> us on all of your uh, thingy watsits that you listen to us through your ears on. Uh, all your platforms that you listen to us, really, that's Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, which is a new thing I've now discovered that we are on, that I, my mum now listens to as well, so hi, mum. <laughs> I know, she subscribed to it the other day. I was like, okay. She's like, I've listened to all of them so far. I'm backtracking through them. I was like, lovely. She was like, um, yeah. Nice. Uh, my parents don't uh, listen to them at all. No, mine did, and I got caught out. She was like, oh, um, I remember that. I, I don't know if you remember at all. Maybe our listeners remember. I told a story how a friend of mine made a fruit smoothie at school i tried it spilt it down my blazer it stunk to high heaven and i got to go oh home sick. yeah yeah she <laughs> i was i was uh, visiting her the other day um socially distancing of course and you know from the driveway and she was like I, mean, I was listening to your podcast and um i, I remember you, like you were telling that story and i remember that day when you came home and i didn't realize that you were lying the whole time and i was like yeah sorry <laughs> time heals all wounds time heals all wounds yeah it was fine it was okay um so yes Rate and review us, please. Send us five stars or give us a little review. It really helps us get up there so then we can get more people listening to us. And that'll be really fun for the podcast. It'll be great because we love doing it and we love that you love listening to it. Okay? There. I said it. Get your nan involved. Get your mum involved. Get your dog involved. Get everyone involved. Yeah, you're not short of time. No, exactly. We've all got, we've all got nothing to do, so why not listen to the episodes? Love it. Excellent. Right. All right, then. We'll see you next week for King Herod. Look forward to it. Bye. Bye.